0: Welcome to Spark. I'm Liz Hargreaves and I'm here with Alice von Blocklin from Life Ablaze. And we are so excited to bring you these podcasts where we are interviewing inspirational leaders who have had experiences or epiphanies that have transformed their lives in a whole new positive direction. They are people who are making substantial contributions to themselves, to the people around them and raising the vibration of this planet. We trust you are going to hear something in these stories that is going to make your soul spark. Two welcome today i am absolutely delighted to have the wonderful the magical megan Harris. and megan Harris, welcome welcome so happy to have you here
1: thank you thank you for having me i'm so excited to be here with you
0: so megan is a movement coach has a background in movement uh, encompassing yoga and Pilates, which is where our paths crossed a number of years ago. And I have known Megan now for, I guess, about six years now, Meg? Yeah. So about six years, her and I have sort of done our training together and um, watched each other sort of expand in our own ways in terms of movement. And I'm really excited to have you here because I know this is this has been um, an interesting year for you as well and I am I'm just excited for you to share your story with our with our listeners so tell us a little bit about yourself
1: uh, thank you, Liz. It's uh, it's really great to be here. Um, just before we came on, I was saying to Alice that this feels like the year that uh, I'm really stepping out and sharing sharing my voice and sharing all the things that I've been working on and um, it really is a journey it's it's been quite the process of uh, moving through um, different modalities of movement over the years. And I'm really in this exploratory phase right now where I'm dabbling in all different kinds of movement um, and um, yoga, Pilates, Feldenkrais, uh, just embodiment practices and and, uh, creating my own um my own dialogue and how I'm supporting and showing up for people so that's kind of where I'm at right now I'm sharing sharing different ways of uh, going inside ourselves and getting to know ourselves yeah.
0: yeah and that's a beautiful thing and I know um I can't remember if it was uh, last week or one of the conversations that we've had recently you're talking about um because next month in the early June you're going on um you're teaching a class on Brink, which is a virtual platform for movement educators. And I think you said, you know, I I asked you, I said, you're going to teach a Pilates class. And you said something to the effect of, no, I think I'm just going to do my own weird movement thing.
1: (laughs) That sounds about right. (laughs) You know,
0: I have this one student and every week when I see her, you know, we'll get into
1: something, we're moving together and talking her through something. And I'm like. Do you want to do something weird it's like the most common words out of meg's mouth do you want to try something (laughs) Uh, yeah and so definitely when i go to uh to teach at brink uh june 5th is my date while i'll be there and uh and it will be um yeah again kind of the word inquiry comes up for me where where movement becomes a dialogue with Uh, how I relate not only to my surroundings and the people around me, but also to my insides. And um, I'm really curious about helping other people to do that, to orient to themselves and their surroundings. Mm
2: -hmm. Sounds fascinating. Megan, you said something a little while ago that made me curious. You said you were creating your own dialogue. What did you mean by that exactly?
1: Um. Okay, this is a great question. I love this question because coming from particularly um, dance and Pilates background, there is, uh, can be, can be, um, really strict rules about how movement should be done and um, what it should look like and what it should feel like and uh i really just am throwing the book out on all of that because i think it's it needs to be what does it feel like to you what is your experience and so that dialogue that i'm talking about is like this like a conversation where it evolves and as we um take off another layer it starts to unravel into something else so um it's really about permission slips you know, like permission to follow your intuition around what it is that, um, you need. mm mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah. So it sounds very organic. And in the moment you don't have a plan, you're not going in like, this is going to be the structure. You're just very there and present with your client.
1: Absolutely. And it doesn't mean that I don't always, um, like I might come, come with a theme or an idea or, um, you know, often when I'm working with students, they don't necessarily know what it is that they need. Mm -hmm. And so um, I I might, you know, take them into a movement, but I feel like it's more like a question, like, how does that feel? Where do you want to go with that? Um, And then that helps them to uh, get more connected with their own intuition around what what do they need next? What comes next? I love that question. What comes next? Rather than me telling them what comes next. But sometimes that isn't uh, readily available for people in their movement, um, especially if they're if they don't haven't grown up as movers. Um, and, and in particular with mindful movement, which is really in that realm of yoga, Pilates, um, etc., where where we're really uh, using the, the facilities of the brain to help us get in connection with uh, the physicality of our bodies and if you didn't grow up that way having that dialogue with yourself you may not have the language within yourself and um, that's where being a teacher is so valuable it's like uh, I have to teach some students the ABCs and others come in and you know they're at a grade one reader and others come in and you know they're they're in their doctorate, right? <laughs> and so just meeting them with, um, with what their personal vocabulary with movement is. Mm. Yeah.
0: And, and I love the statement you said about throwing out the rule book, because that really resonates with me. And um, I know you and I have got somewhat similar backgrounds in that we were, we both went to, you know, gymnastics and very structured type of movement as, as kids. And, mm-hmm. Like if you didn't do the thing the right way, you had to do it over again and over and over and over until you got it absolutely perfect. And that's how you were graded. That's how you were scored. And that, that stays with you in so many ways into your adulthood. And the idea of throwing out the rule book is like, Ugh, what? Mm-hmm. I get to do my own thing? What? what? <laughs> and I know this, this part of you, Meg, has, has evolved. This is kind of the, the evolution of what I've seen in your practice and your, and the way that you teach and the way that you connect with people, because it wasn't always that way.
1: Yeah, truly, Liz, um, for me, it was really, uh, ballet. I grew up with, with ballet and, which is very, very strict and, uh, I didn't. I didn't really uh, do well and thrive in that environment as a child. Um, and it's not to say that those having those skills aren't important. I mean, definitely as a teacher, I don't feel that I would necessarily be able to throw the rule book out if I didn't know the rules. You know, so having spent um, years really deep diving into perfectionism in movement is actually what has given me the wiggle room to be able to to play now um and I don't know I don't know what the answer is if you can do it a different way because if that's just the way I I learned how to throw the rule book out was by having all the rules first um yeah it's maybe a different a different question to answer on a different day but um yeah
0: yeah I I I agree I I you can't throw the rule book out and unless you know what the rules are. So it's becoming embodied with the movement, the principles, the idea behind movement, what is movement and becoming, like, as Alice said, it's the organic process of, of really diving in inwards and understanding it, and then being able to create your own thing from it, mm-hmm. which is, which is the fun part.
1: Mm-hmm. And really Liz, where this happened for me was, um, when my body gave out on me and said, the rules don't apply anymore. And I had to really um, re-examine what it was that I was doing because uh, it didn't feel good, didn't feel good anymore. And I had to learn a completely different way of being in my own body. Um, And that's really what's what's led me into a a deeper journey and, Mm -hmm. and allowed me to show up differently for my students.
2: What do you mean by your body gave out on you, Meg? Yeah. Let's elaborate on that for our listeners who don't know anything about you.
1: A hundred percent. So, um, uh, well, I'll go back. I'll make it a little longer story here. But um, when I was a young teenager, I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease, uh, rheum- rheumatoid disease as a young child. I was 14 when I was diagnosed. Uh, I had been dancing um, from I don't know the age of four I think, and uh, I I stopped being able to land jumps in dancing, and that's kind of what what started to lead um, my my parents into wondering what it was that was going on exactly for me. Um, so eventually that led to uh, the diagnosis, and um, for most of my life I have. Uh, kind of been up and down on, on the uh, scales with managing the disease. And um, it's a disease that affects the entire system. So it's not just the joints that are affected, but also the organs um, and uh, and your fatigue level gets pretty extreme sometimes. But um, I've been extremely lucky in being able to mitigate it, which is part of how I actually even got into yoga was that I couldn't dance anymore so my mom took me to a yoga class and I was yeah I think I was 15 at the time and that's where it all started for me and I I carried it through now um like I said I kind of rode the the wave a little bit with how the illness showed up for me but about five years ago um I was in two car accidents within the same year and the shock on my nervous system of the first accident caused a spiral where I couldn't get control of the inflammation in my body. And um, that, that led to a massive flare up of the rheumatoid disease. And then shortly after that, I was hit the second time. And at that point, I had no reserves there. I was already at the bottom. And it took me sub-zero. <laughs> and, um, and it got to the point where, uh, you know, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't really get my own pants on. I couldn't hold a water glass. Um, I was, you know, crawling, <laughs> crawling from my bedroom to the bathroom. Um, and uh, I started to, to uh, lose more and more use of my body and I was in constant pain, extreme pain, all the time for um, years, actually. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm a real trooper, so I just, you know, I was just like, oh, I just keep going. I just keep trying. Just keep showing up. And, um, and I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. My body said, no. It said, no, you can't, you can't keep going this way. Um, and, uh, and I had to stop. I had to really stop. I had to stop. yoga practice, I had to leave my community of my yoga friends, um, which was a huge part of my life at the time. Um, This was also at the time when I was in my second Pilates teacher training with with Liz. And I came into the program so strong, I could do everything. And uh, I left the program um, just kind of barely scraping through. (laughs) <laughs> and um, and that that just led me on this inquiry of what what can i do what does feel good where can i move and um the deeper into that i went the better i felt and the slower i went the better i felt the more i listened the more i rested and was gentle with myself the better i felt and i started to rebuild resiliency mm. and uh, it was not all at once. It was baby steps, inch by inch, by inch, by inch, and several setbacks. Um, you know, thinking that oh, I'm having a good day, and then pushing just a little bit too hard, and then falling backwards again. Um, but it's it's pretty exciting. I mean, it's five years now, and many of the practices that uh, I did. Prior to the massive flare-up, I am able to do now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but I'm still I'm very uh, I'm very gentle with myself mm-hmm. and give myself a lot of room.
0: So Meg and I remember, I remember this during our our program because we started the program and we're all keeners and you know, with our our movement backgrounds, and Meg and I used to be up on the bars, you know, hanging upside down, doing all the things. And then by the end of the program, you were, you were, you were basically not really able to weight bear on your hands. They were, they were inflamed. They were, you, you could tell you were in a lot of pain. And so you said something, um, when we were speaking before, you know, about you can do the thing, you can just keep going, just keep going, just keep going. And that's, I think for, for myself, I, I, I understand that and I think a lot of our listeners are going to resonate with that as well is that you know we have this idea that if we keep pushing we'll get through. Mm -hmm. But the wall is so damn thick, Mm -hmm. it just it's 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 not possible and it keeps pushing us back and pushing us back. So if you look at or if you reflect back to that time when you were pushing and pushing, what was what was that spark? What was that when you just had that, that, that conversation with your soul that made you sort of reflect on that?
1: (laughs) Yes. Um, there, well, there was, there was a pretty specific moment. And I, I, when we spoke earlier, I told you guys about this story. So, um, I really felt at the time that, uh, in order to get control, I needed like an earthquake to happen. Like I needed everything to change so that I could uh, feel better. And I was looking for it, I was craving it. And a friend of mine um, suggested that I go to see a somatic experiencing practitioner. And I went to go see him, Um, lovely Seth Lyon. He's in Vancouver and uh, just wonderful human being. Uh, and we, we connected and it was, it was fabulous. I had a great session with him. We dialogued and, and did uh, uh, just some really small exercises and, and uh, I enjoyed it, but I walked away from the session and I thought, well, that was kind of a waste of money. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really learn anything that I didn't already know about how to take care of myself. And um, and I sat with that for, for about a week and I was like, well, I'm not, I'm not gonna go back. And I was out for a hike with, uh, with a girlfriend and I was telling her about this session. And just on the hike, boom, like bang, smack in the forehead, it hit me. Oh, he knows exactly what he was doing. My little system can't handle an earthquake. I'm already like so shaken. I, I couldn't go anywhere near a big earthquake. I needed the tiniest, teeny, insi, binsiest little um, shifts to happen to start having a different conversation with myself. And so when I once I realized that while we were out on this hike, I just thought, oh wow, oh wow, 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 wow. I I have a lot of work to do. <laughs> <laughs> And I booked back in with him
2: and started working with him on a regular basis.
0: Yeah, welcome to
2: somatic experiencing. (laughs) I heard you say something else, Meg, that tells me the difference between how women have been trying to be in the world versus our true nature. And I think, you know, the 70s were great. We had the women's liberation movement and Women we're all about, oh yeah, I can do anything a guy can do and maybe even do it better. And we're going to turn into these superhuman creatures and just be in that doing, 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 going stronger, 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 pushing, 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 which has more of a masculine element versus the female element. And that feminine element, where you said you just slowed down and you started being gentle with yourself, And going inward is typically a much more feminine way to be in the world, and just as powerful, and just as effective. Mm -hmm. Yet it looks different, and it sounds different. Mm -hmm. And people, women, are different. And men, if they explore that same principle, can be even more powerful in whatever they're choosing to do. Mm -hmm. Because I see you today and you look for, unfortunately our viewers can't see you, but you look so vibrant and so healthy and just full of energy, yet you didn't do it in this pushing out Mm -hmm. way. So I'm really, really curious about that.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, and I think a lot of the reasons why we we don't uh, necessarily gravitate towards those practices is just like you said, that we... We live in this sort of um, hyper-driven world of, of being successful, which um, looks like drive and go and being on. Um, but underneath all of that, there are these beautiful ways that we can actually get in touch with ourselves and create real change. But you're right, it looks different and it looks like slowing down. And to be honest, for most people, that's really scary it's really scary to get quiet with yourself because holy moly, when you do, there is like, there's a lot of dialogue there that um, you maybe haven't heard before. And I think it's really important to have good supports to be able to navigate um, the kind of demons that are laying in there underneath that like maybe we just have to make friends with them and hold hands with them and and take them for a walk you know instead of beating them <laughs>
0: yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah i like that expression you know just uh like the demons inside but they're also they're also um a reflection of ourselves too it's the shadows it's our shadow selves and a lot of the times people don't want to acknowledge that that part of ourselves. Um, and it's about just do the next thing, just do that, just crush, just do this, just reach the goal, just make this much money, just get this house, just get that car, have all the things, do the thing. And you're right that that slowing down and taking that pause is freaking scary for people. And having having people like yourself, you know, who understand and who can hold that safe space is so critical. And especially as the world is going through these, these shifts, these changes, movement educators, movement coaches, coaches in general are needed more than ever right now to help Mm -hmm. people drop back in to get in touch with that that feminine side to i call it you know the release of the toxic masculinity and it's not that men are bad That's not it at all but it's that the shedding of the the social uh ideals the ways that we were brought up to to do to be to be expected to do so appreciate all that you're doing and um all that you are, are going to do because i see this you're you're evolving you're this the whole 6 years that i've known you it's just like we both started in one place we've on we've both kind of followed similar paths but different in some ways and you're blossoming into this this amazing educator who has this wealth of both personal and um, experiential knowledge to pass on to other people. So it's really exciting.
1: Thank you, Liz. Yeah, I, I feel really excited too. And um, just deeply, deeply grateful for this, this time that we've, we've been given. I, I really feel the gift of it, uh, of being in quarantine. And um the way that my students have shown up and how that has uh, reaffirmed um, why it is important, what the work that I do, because, I, you know, I think like any, anybody goes through these, these um, kind of queries with themselves where do, does it matter, does what I do matter?
2: Um, and the answer is hell yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I want to hearken back to what you're both saying earlier around the the shadow side and the darkness, because people think we have to banish the darkness and that, you know, any kind of negativity is wrong. And I always think of the polarity and the duality of life is we have both inside of us and the darkness or what people don't want to hear sometimes when they're quiet or when they go still is often really valuable information and you both are body coaches. So you've talked, uh, Liz has said to me quite often, you know, the body speaks first The people think it's the mind and I recognize the intelligence the body has. So I'm really grateful that you're in the world, Megan, doing the work you do so that people will give themselves that time and that permission to explore the shadow and see I'm only afraid of it because I don't know what it's saying, or I'm thinking it's saying things I don't want to hear versus if I don't explore that, it will show up in my body, probably in a very negative way. Mm-hmm. And so to take that time and to be still and go slowly and gently, I just love that idea. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for doing that. No, it's absolutely my pleasure.
1: Uh, I really truly believe that um, our, our greatest path towards excellence is through um, inquiry failure and deep deep vulnerability and that we have to we have to pass through those branches to to enter excellence ultimately yeah which is very different than perfection you Mm
2: -hmm. know yeah absolutely I like to say I'm a recovering perfectionist (laughs) yeah I strive for excellence because that perfection thing is unattainable It's just not real.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: So Meg, you are, you're doing a couple of different things with the, um, just with the current situation with clinics, we, you know, we're not able to actually, well, we're just in the process of reopening right now, but how has your, how is your world and how, what do you, what do you see in terms of going forward and the way that you coach and the way that you teach? What does it look like?
1: Well, it's really cool right now because uh, I'm learning a lot about what um, what makes people feel safe and enjoy their sessions with me. Um, I had no idea how much people were enjoying being at home online in their sessions. Uh, so I will definitely be continuing online sessions for sure, 100%. Um, I'll also be going back in, into the clinic to do one-on-one sessions. Um, too, but it's going to look different. It's going to be less hours, um, likely less days.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: uh, and at the moment, like, I don't necessarily have an outline of, of what exactly it's going to look like, but I know that it's not going to be the same as it was before. Um, and, and, I'm really happy doing the online work. I sort of started setting myself up for this uh, at the beginning of the year with a course that I'm offering online. So when everything uh, kind of shut down, I actually was able to flip the switch. Basically, within you know 24 hours, I was able to shift my business online because um, I'd already done the work to make that happen. So uh, yeah, I'm
0: I'm game for more. Awesome. That's fantastic. And I know that uh, we mentioned the Brink. Did you want to talk a little bit more about what that is?
1: Yeah. Brink is really cool. Um, a woman by the name of Jenna Zafino is putting it on and she has invited um, oh many people to present at it. It's a three day virtual event for um, brain, body, and business. And it's for movement professionals to, uh, Wow. She kind of puts it this way. It's like often we're on the brink of a breakdown or the brink of a breakthrough. And this event is really to help lift you to the next level um, through how you move in your body, through how you uh, use your brain and uh, what you need to do in your business. So people are going to walk away with some really, really um, actionable items. And I'm so excited to be presenting at it. I'll be doing a, a movement piece on the Friday.
0: Yes. Your, your weird thing, right? The weird thing. We're doing <laughs> the weird stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. My, my piece that I'm presenting is, um, it's called inside the cage, a path to personal freedom. Mm. And it's really, uh, centered around um, moving from moving from the heart and, uh, and breathing. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited. We're going to do all the weird things and, and wiggle and twist and, <laughs> and and get online with ourselves. Yeah. And I, it should be really helpful for students that are um, sitting in on, on a lot of the other um, uh, presenters that are, are going to be at the event. And it'll allow them a moment to actually integrate what they've learned through their minds and, and put it into their bodies.
0: That sounds fantastic. That sounds amazing. So you also have a website and it's uh, Mm MeganAries.com and that's Megan with an H.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. M-E-G-H-A-N-A-R-I-S.com.
0: And I'll include that link in the podcast summary as well. And um, just any, any closing comments that you would have for the listeners out there anybody if you know if the listeners have been curious about you know maybe they're experiencing some of the same things that you've been experiencing with um you know that the feeling of pushing and pushing and wanting to push more what would you say to them
1: Mm. get curious get Mm. curious and keep asking yourself why um, and I keep asking the same question, "Why?" over and over?" because eventually you're going to get closer to the truth of it. And, uh, and then when you get to that, reach out and, and contact me, and I'm
2: happy. <laughs> oh, that's lovely. <laughs> And when we're through with this pandemic and we're back to being able to meet people face to face, you're based in Victoria, British Columbia, right, Megan? Correct.
1: Yeah, I work out of FIX Healthcare um, and we have two locations in downtown
2: Victoria. Well, that's lovely. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us today.
0: Yes. Thanks, Megan. Always a pleasure. It's so nice to be able to catch up with you again and see you again. Cause it's, uh, it's been a while and, um, I'm sure we'll be collaborating with something. I feel that there's something in the future. I'm not Just sure. what right. Our combined right. weird things, who knows?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much for having me. it has been a real gift.
2: Thank you. Hey, take care. Bye. Bye for now. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Soul Spark, part of our Life Ablaze podcast series. Your hosts, Liz Hargraves, and I, Alice Van Blockland, hope you heard something today that sparked something within you, such that you want to learn more about how to set your own life ablaze. Please check our Life Ablaze Facebook page and Ignite Your Voice Facebook group for upcoming events. We look forward to having you join us again as we release new episodes regularly. Have an awesome day.